Let's pray. Dearest Heavenly Father, I pray that as we worship you this morning, that you will make this Christmas story new and fresh so that we can see you more clearly in your plan for our lives. In your name, amen. You knew this sermon was coming. I mean, it'd be hard for me to preach about anything else. You know that any time a pastor has a baby, they have to preach about it. But also, it's children's church, and it's Christmas story about a baby anyway. I don't see any way around it. But as I've now been through this process from the eyes of a father, and I read the Christmas story, it doesn't make sense. There, there are problems in this story, and there's one problem that really jumped out at me, and that is the manger. I'm sorry, but that night when we realized Emmett was coming, I did not say to Brianna, hey, let's go to the garage. I did not even question whether or not there was room in the hospital. We were going there. And as you read through this, you begin to wonder, didn't they have a plan? I mean, the God of the universe should have seen this coming. Hundreds of years before this, he had said, this is the moment when Jesus is going to be born. So he knew when. He also had told exactly where. And so, clearly he had a plan. But what kind of a plan puts a baby in a manger? I remember when Emmett came two months ago yesterday, finished a Vespers program here at the church. I had gotten home a little bit late. I had a cold, and so I wanted to get a good night's sleep so I'd be ready for Sabbath the next morning, and so I took some NyQuil. <laughs> two hours later, Brianna woke me up, and she said, I think my water broke. And it, it was at a moment like that when you realize, I am not ready. <laughs> they tell you you've got to have a, doc, a bag prepared to go to the hospital. We had two weeks still. That was on my to-do list. So at 1.20 in the morning, under the effects of NyQuil, we packed our bag, and we went to the hospital, and thus began the process that 40 hours later would lead to Emmett being born. I'm going to be honest with you, that was not our birth plan. But I don't believe that birth plans are a real thing because I don't think anybody's baby comes according to the birth plan. And so you could look at this and say, well, maybe Jesus didn't come according to the plan. 
But we know that's not true. What we have to realize is God's plans and our plans, they're different, aren't they? I, I know as a father, my plans for Emmett are to give him better than I had. Every parent wants for their children better than what they had. Oh, being a parent is a competitive sport. Because you look out at what other parents are doing for their children, and you think, oh, I need that. Oh, wait, your child is walking at what age? Okay. And so here we are. We're trying to have the best, not only better than what we had, but better than what they have. And this isn't easy growing up in this age where Prince William and Princess Kate also are having children. And here we are trying to have the very best. And so the idea of taking your child and putting them in a feeding trough, that's problematic. The thought of putting Emmett any place that hasn't been sanitized, it's problematic. And so as you read the story, the manger keeps jumping out at you. But yet, the plan of the God of the universe was not a bassinet. It was not a crib. It was a manger. And three times, three times in Luke chapter 2, the manger is mentioned. I don't know about you, but when my mother had to say something to me three times, it meant I needed to be listening. Three times. In Luke chapter 2, verse 7, verse 12, and then again in verse 16, the manger is mentioned. It was clearly part of God's plan. In fact, I believe that this manger is not only part of God's plan, but it's a pivotal part. Because right here in this crude piece of furniture, you find the entire gospel story. Here you can see that God had a plan. Here you can see that it's God's plan, it is not our plan. And thirdly, it became very real that the God of the universe was born on this filthy planet. Right there is the whole gospel story woven into the Christmas story. from beginning to end, the story of Jesus is good news. But as we compare the manger to our own Christmases, we see a striking contrast, don't we? A crude structure, dirty, dingy, beaten up, in contrast with Christmas trees with shimmering ornaments and beautiful gifts. 
how does the gospel story fit into your Christmas tradition? Is it there? And if it is there, is it so wrapped up that nobody will recognize it until you're ready? I appreciated this skit this morning because it portrayed one way where we can take the gospel and rewrite our Christmas tradition with it. Where we can share this is the good news with the way we celebrate Christmas. But church family, maybe this, maybe this isn't your family. But I ask you, what would it look like in your family? What would it look like for your family to celebrate Christmas in a way that brought to life the gospel of Jesus Christ? What would it look like if you took the love of God and it was woven throughout your Christmas tradition? Between services, one of our members told me about a group of children she sees every morning, all of them without gloves. And so for Christmas, they're getting gloves. That's just another way. But around us, there are needs this holiday season. Around us, there are people who are suffering not only financially, but also emotionally, also physically, also spiritually. The Christmas story is a reminder that we meet people where they're at. The manger, the manger itself is a reminder that God's plan is our salvation.